tonight's champagne-soaked edition of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Doubting a GM for not signing an eighth-inning reliever because you figure you're going to need one in October. Well, it turns out you don't. The Red Sox won the World Series. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your jobs. Actively invite them to apply. You get qualified candidates fast right now. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. I went to game two and game four of the World Series because of SeatGeek, including taking my son to game four, the greatest game of his life, I think. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, use promo code BS, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com. Check out TheRinger.com, where Michael Bauman, Ben Lindbergh, and the prodigy Zach Cram have been writing about baseball all weekend, all month on TheRinger.com. We have movies, we have NFL, we have NBA, we have all kinds of stuff. We also have a giant podcast network that just launched a new movies podcast. I was on that podcast. We posted it on Friday. Sean Fennessy and I counted down our top five Halloween slash horror movies, not Halloween movies, but horror movies that you know, not our top five favorite ever, but just five we thought you might want to know about if you might want to stream to get feel a little spooky right before Halloween. Check that out. The new podcast is called The Big Picture. On Tuesday, Sean and Amanda Dobbins will start their weekly Oscars breakdown feature until we get to the actual Oscars four months from now. Coming up, we're going to call the cuz. Cousin Sal, who also was at tonight's Dodger game. We're going to talk about the World Series. And then we're going to play a little game called Guess the Lines. But first, my good friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Cousin Sal's on the line. We're doing this late. It is 10.38 p.m. Pacific time. Right now, as we speak, we both went to Dodger Stadium. As usual, it took hours and hours to get out. I think some people are still there. It's like Walking Dead. You you, you just kind of, people leave their cars and they just walk looking for water. Uh, Sal, I'm surprised you went with the with a Boston team up 3-1. I'm surprised you even want to be in the building for that. I know. I'm surprised too, but you know, I, I had my boy, my 13-year-old son. I was like, you know what? It's it's nice for him. That'll be my hedge. He'll maybe get to see a team close out a World Series. How many times in your life can you say that? If not, maybe the Dodgers win. It's kind of exciting for the home crowd. But uh, congratulations to you. I think we should warn people that, you know how like before a, a risque episode, they'll say like uh, adult nudity yeah. or uh, you know the adult language or nudity, whatever. Like th- this insufferability wise, this is going to rank high as far as podcasts no. go, right? Oh come on! Oh yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. yeah. No. I could tell already by all your no. tweets and everything else. This is going to be my tweets. Be I did right two to tweets tonight. Um, <laughs> I I will say this: I didn't have a lot left in the tank emotionally after Friday night. Friday night, uh, 
was one of the craziest sporting events uh, I can ever remember with the Boston team. Eight, the 18 yeah. innings, th- winning and losing that game 19 different times and just yep. the, the length of the game. As you know, the playoff baseball, when when it's like every pitch like that, to, to do that for three to four hours is rough. But seven... Well, the, 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 the two three two is a killer, especially, because the way they set it up, you got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So your whole weekend, oh my if God. you're lucky, you're only watching 12 hours of baseball. But as it was, we watched 17 or 18 hours, right? Yeah, and, you know, I've heard the case, you know, obviously Boston's had a lot of success this century. Mm-hmm. And people are like, wow, it's, it shouldn't mean them. It's not life or death anymore. It's like, well, I, I'm just not wired that way. My, I care about sports. I, yeah, right. I, uh, I like rooting. I have my favorite teams. I have teams I gamble on and I root for those teams. That's what I like to do. So uh, the Friday night, the Kinsler base running fiasco. And, and then just like, oh man, that's a bad red flag. And the last thing uh-huh. you want to do is let the Dodgers back in the series. And then you know, having the winning out in your glove and the guy has, it was almost like the Seinfeld episode when Kramer hears Mary Hart's voice and he just starts lurching around in Jerry's <laughs> living room and it's f- flailing around and falls over. Kinsler had like a spat. I've never, I, I watch baseball. I've been watching it since I was four. I've never seen a second baseman ever do anything like that in my life. You think he, he heard Larry King phlegm like as a cough of the clearing his throat? And that, that's, that's what spooked him, maybe? It's just unbelievable. It's like all we need is we just need one out. We just need a ground ball. I'm yelling ground ball at the TV because I felt like it was going to happen. And, People uh, got on Cora for not pitching around them, but I feel like if Kinsler plants his foot, the game's over, right? Yeah, but with that said, they should have pitched around him. But I'm not, yeah. not going to second guess Alex Cora, who's a white walker. But. Mm. Uh, yeah, my preference would have been to pitch around him and pitch to one of the two terrible hitting Dodgers catchers who can't hit anything. Right. But I, I, you know, and then they, and then it goes into extra innings and Evaldi, it was one of the most courageous things I've seen from a Boston athlete. I, I just, especially he's a free agent. He's got all this money on the line and the, all the guy wants to do is pitch. And he's out uh-huh. there. He thinks he's starting game four. They bring him in to go for the kill in game three, which I agreed with. Cora went for the kill the whole season. That's just how he's yeah. wired. And of all these just out there, he throws a hundred pitches. I've never seen anything like that. And then you read the stories uh, the next day. And and like Porcello said, he was crying in the club. Did you read some of this stuff? No. He, he, Porcello was crying? Yeah. When, when Evaldi gave up that, you know, he comes out oh, for yeah. his seventh inning. Gives up the home run. There's video. He comes back to the dugout. All the teammates are waiting for him. And they're all like, they're just like, you know, half appreciation, half consoling him. But all of them are just like, just overwhelmed by what he did for them. He looked like he was getting stronger as the innings wore on. You could could hear him grunting in the last two innings, which I can't remember, not just from him, but very rarely do you hear that with anything. But in the locker room after, they were all talking about, um, you know, how much that meant to him that he just kept going out there. And Porcello was talking to a reporter, just started crying. So I think uh-huh. in a weird way, he should have been the MVP of the series. It was a weird one to figure out who the MVP was. And Pierce ended well, up winning Porcello it. Porcello for crying. I mean, it's just <laughs> no, one no. of a bunch of- I knew you would hate that part. I, I knew you'd hate that yeah. part of the story. I like it. I like Pierce it ended up actually. winning the MVP, but I actually thought Price 
was a better choice than Pierce just because he, especially three days rest, he pitched in relief in game three. I thought for sure. Yeah, he had two two quality starts and yeah. when no one expected him to have any quality starts and he didn't embarrass himself in that 18 inning game, right? Or the, uh, you know. No, he, long, he uh, was good in that. Game. And he was, yeah. he brings a lot of emotion, leadership to the team and even yesterday he wanted to stay in or tonight he wanted to stay in and mm-hmm. ended up uh he got he they let him hit so he could keep pitching and he next inning he got the guys out he was walking off he's screaming he, right. I mean he's they really fed off him I thought he could have been the MVP but I really would have voted for Evaldi because I think what first of all game one game two and then game three what he did in game three I really think it it lit a fire under the team <laughs> I think he was the emotional MVP maybe he was the MVP of the yeah. series but well, I think none of them want to let him down. Dave Roberts should share that MVP award a little. They oh, very lot of questionable decisions. Because, yeah. you know, but aside from Dave Roberts, like, and especially in baseball, you see this a lot. Many, like, accomplishments get overlooked. And what, what Bueller did in the first half of that game Friday and yeah. what Evaldi did in the second half, like, that became like the B and C story when Muncie hits the home run. And what Rich Hill did yesterday, same thing. Right. It didn't matter. It all went down the wayside because it didn't, it didn't factor into the result. So, he made yeah, a lot baseball, of he made a lot of mistakes. Amazing. I was happy that he made. You uh-huh. know, I thought the way he used the pitchers, especially game two, he took out Baez when Baez had just struck out two guys in a row, yeah. uh, or maybe it was game one. One of the one of those first two games, he took out Baez when Baez had just struck out two guys. Brought him, I think Madsen. All this stuff's blending together now, but uh, yeah. But well, Madsen was the key. Every time he brought yeah. him in, man, that guy hasn't been good in 10 years. Like, you should know. I tweeted, like, you should know after now 180 games in six months who you absolutely can't have out there to get two, three outs. He, totally. And, and Madsen's your guy. Yeah, I mean, we have guys like that. You didn't see him. Like, you never saw Drew Pomeranz in this series. There was a reason. Mm-hmm. We, we weren't going to pitch him. We played an 18-inning right. game, and they wouldn't put him in. Right. Uh, so that was right. bad, but... You know, I th- I thought the key to the series was how the Red Sox used their starters as relievers, and the Dodgers just wouldn't do it. Like even yesterday, yeah. Dodgers have a four nothing lead. Now, whether he should have kept Rich Hill or not, you know, Roberts basically said Rich Hill told him he was tired and he was monitoring it. And I went to Game Four, and the fans were really grumbling about. Um, they hate know. Roberts. Well, they were just like Rich Hill was throwing one hitter. He was like lights out. You know, and they were mm-hmm. like, "What the f? Why, why are you? Why are we going to our terrible bullpen?" But I really thought that would have been a great spot to bring in the the guy who started game two. Was a Ria Ryu Rue, yeah. Rue, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know my pronunciation. He was another one that got taken out early. I thought, yeah, yeah. He didn't even throw that many pitches in game two. I would have brought mm-hmm. him in, and I would have been most scared to see him over some of the guys uh, they brought in and. Right in the late innings, so that was yeah, the weird. funny thing is with baseball, the, the way they pitch the postseason and taking guys out after one inning and one when the Brewers had uh, Wade Miley like after one at bat, like if this went on in the regular season, baseball would be dead. If these games are like five hours long and they they I manage know. and coach like the way they do in, the, in October, forget it. Ten <laughs> percent of the audience would stick with it. Well, that and Cora was the most go for the kill I think I've ever seen in the playoffs. Like just he 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 price brings brings in sale. If this had gone six or seven, I think he would have he he would have brought in guys in game seven who pitched in game six. Like he just doesn't right. care. The yeah. the the thing I didn't think Cora did a great job in game three, and uh, 
the thing he did that I really hated was when he pinch ran for JD with Kinsler because it's not like Kinsler's rookie Henderson, but it was a tie uh-huh. game. And it was just, how, how many times has that happened to a team that you rooted for where you take out that bat and you just know that spot's coming up again? <laughs> and it's like, right. oh yeah, we don't have him anymore. I got to take it out. Exactly, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, Cora, other than that, I, he, he was lights out. And I think the team really just fed off his, I, I've never had a manager like that. He's the best manager they've ever had. I he always thought excellent. Francona was the best, but, but. To- and we, we discussed it after game two, like who's going to be the MVP and JD Martinez was the favorite. And you're like, well, Ben attendee should be the favorite. And he's, he's just done everything we've asked him to the first two games. And then they have to make a decision. We, I thought JD Martinez wasn't playing and Ben attendee didn't play. Like something has to give with this national league ballparks. Let's yeah. when, when the, the leading, the odds, odds on favorites, when the MVP can't even play in a world series game or two of them, like that something's wrong. There. Yeah. And you know, Cora didn't, he made it so that like in, in three and four, the guy who was sitting when he pinch hit, he couldn't have double switched them to take the other guy out. Cause he didn't, they weren't staggered in the lineup. So like Bradley only, I don't even think he played today, but uh-huh. in, in game four, like he just had one at bat and he was gone. But, uh, so there, there's gotta be some way to stagger it when you have four good outfielders like that, where when one guy comes in, you can still keep, I don't know, something they, but, um, I, just, I, I suggest to just have them lay on the warning track and just just not get stepped on. Just you know, I won't be in your way. Here I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sit crisscross applesauce and uh, and just don't run over me. <laughs> He's my ninth guy. Well, I I thought JD. I thought he should have benched JD and gone with the outfield defense. And then when JD mm-hmm. misplayed that trip, I was like, "See, I told you." And then JD hit a homer. And as usual, Alf score is smarter at baseball right. than him. Right. Um, I don't know. How they won in five, getting five innings from Chris Sale and really nothing from Betts and Martinez until tonight. And Bogarts, right. whatever was going on with him, um, it's, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Joe Kelly, much maligned, because just becomes unstoppable again in October. That was weird. Of what Avaldi was able to do coming out of the bullpen when he's never really been a bullpen. It really was. It is funny. We always say this year after year about these World Series where, you know, every guy chips in. It really does. That always ends up is who wins the World Series, right? Like your night, your your fifteenth through twenty second guys all have some sort of weird impact. Well, and especially like you saw that game, that Friday game, that screwed up everyone's average. Like everybody came out of that game one for seven. So everybody's postseason average was like 160 come game uh, four, you know? So uh, that's why I was most surprised it didn't go to a pitcher. It went to Pierce and not, um, and not price. Well, for me this weekend, like after that Friday game, I mean, shit, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be in Boston and go to bed at like three 30 after that game. I know. Yeah. But then you wake up the next morning and all of a sudden there's another game. And it's like, I need like a week to recover from <laughs> yeah. one of the worst sports losses I've had. In, oh, in, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh my killer. God. And you're just back at it. In a weird way, it's actually kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the yeah. time I was like, wow, that Kinsler, the Kinsler throw is going to be one of the most iconic, terrible Red Sox plays of my life. And sure. now, now it doesn't matter at all because they won the World Series. But um, I took my son to game four. They're down for nothing. I was actually posting Instagram stories about it. Puig hits the homer following the terrible error at first base. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest. I was like, oh my God, 
we're actually going to lose the World Series because that stupid 18 inning game. That 18 inning mm-hmm. game was like worth four losses somehow. It's completely destroyed our team. And uh, right. Puig gets that homer. You could kind of feel it coming. They left Erod in. Erod was great, and they left him in one batter too long. It's four nothing. And my son is like, honestly, ready to cry. Remember when you're 10 years old, how much sports bet? Like you just take everything so personally. Right. And I'm like, hey, if we don't, you know, if, if, if we can't pull off anything these next two innings, we should probably think about leaving after the eighth. If it's like six, nothing or seven, nothing, we should just get out of here. I don't deal with the Dodger fans. He's like, we're not leaving. So he got like, I kind of liked it. He kind of dug deep. Nice. But uh, Moreland hit that bomb. Dodger fans got super quiet. And yeah. that's when I felt like, oh shit, because because I recognize the sign, Sal. You can fit, yeah. you can see you have it with the Mets now, because I think what's it, thirty two years. So you with that f- sense of dread when something bad's happening, yeah. and all the history and all the bad losses kind of start coming into play. Moreland hit that bomb, which was one of the farthest homers I've seen in Dodger Stadium. They hit and, some rockets even today. To yeah, some rockets, a couple too. of big ones. Moreland hits yeah. that bomb, and they're still up by a run. And it killed the crowd and you could just feel that tension. And that's like one of the best, it's, it's why baseball is unlike any other sport yeah. when a moment like that, and you just feel the history and that Dodgers like, you know, you're talking 30 years and just a ton of devastating losses this decade, you know, well, they've had some awful year. ones. And, the game yeah. five against the Astros last year was one of the worst losses of, mm-hmm. uh, of the last 20 years of baseball. And then, uh, and then this one to blow four nothing, and you just get your ass kicked. And then we bring in our closer who can't even get three outs anymore. And they almost came back with the Dick T's comeback, but right. they they their fans were fucking angry at the end of that game, and I, I well, recognized what, it. I mean, here's what I'll say: when Puy gets the home run and they go up four nothing, they're probably a minus fifteen hundred to win. Yeah, and then three seconds later. Or a second later, when Eduardo Rodriguez slams his mitt to the on the mound, yeah, there that that should go to minus five thousand. Because <laughs> when does the team come back from right. that and win? That was outrageous. Well, and then on top but, of uh, it, we had no relievers, mm-hmm. so we had burned out everybody in the last game. So you knew of all these not going. Um, we ha- we had Brazier available, but it, it was like yeah, yeah, it was like oh maybe Joe Kelly for an inning. And Joe Kelly ends up pitching these two huge innings right? and kind of kept us into it. I Joe Kelly arguably could have been World Series MVP. He, he every could've. time he I pitched, really he was like that. to a pitcher. I mean, I liked it better than last year. Like last year, you can't really blame Dave Roberts for changing pitchers because some of those Astros games were like 11-9 and 9-8. It was, yeah. it was terrible, you know, 14-13. Wasn't it crazy? Like, so nothing's worse than watching your team when a pitcher can't get eight and out, you know? I liked Friday night's game much better with the same, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, tension in it. Friday's game was it. I, I've never seen anything like that. The Red Sox, their top of their lineup was 0 for 28. Yeah. In the entire game, the first four guys in their lineup went oh, the first four spots went 0 for 28. Bogarts made nine outs. He's 0 right. for 8 with double play. Bogarts <laughs> and Betts were 0 for 15. Was that or 1 for 15? Some, yeah, they were 0 for 15 yeah. with a walk. Uh, right. Tonight, I did feel pretty confident, I got to say. And Price, gave, they got the homer in the top of the first, and then Price gave up the homer on the first pitch and then struggled right. with the second guy. And it was like, oh, shit. All right. Well, Price doesn't, 
doesn't have it tonight. And then he just settled down. And mm-hmm. this David Price thing, who who is the most maligned Met of your last 25 years? Like a big money guy who everybody was just like, fuck that guy. I, you know, it's weird because his numbers won't bear out. He's probably one of the most dominant pitchers, but I would say Benitez is right up there. Oh, wow. Okay. Armando Benitez. Yeah. Well, Price sticking it to everybody after getting shelled in the first Yankee playoff game and people to your dad, no less, but even my dad, well, my dad was never a fan. My dad now, um, my dad wanted me to point out on the podcast though, before I berated him for the price thing that we did a podcast trying to figure out which Boston team was the closest to a title. And I said, the Red Sox were third because we didn't have the bullpen. And Mm. he was like, and I told you the Red Sox were the closest. So he has that. He also quit on David Price, World Series hero. So that happened. Uh, Yeah, but that that David Price, people people really disliked him because he had some stuff last year and he was he got salty with some reporters and makes so much money and the Yankees just kicked his ass and people were just kind of done with him. And it was this albatross contract. This is the second time this has happened in Red Sox recent Red Sox history. The first time was JD Drew, terrible contract. And then he hit the $70 million grand slam in, uh, yeah, in the right. Cleveland series in 07. And it kind of made up for the whole contract. Price made, for me, it's like we won the World Series. That price contract, it's worth it every time now. Right. You just yeah. want to win no. one. We won the World Series partly because of him. So I'll pay that contract anytime. And I think all the factors you mentioned, the fact that he couldn't beat the Yankees, and you would consider not even pitching him versus the Yankees. And then when yeah. they did, it was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like that's Boston fans are like, screw you. That's what we, we need to beat the Yankees. You can't help us do that. Right. Go somewhere else with your hundreds of millions of dollars. The one thing that's happened with the Red Sox that I don't like, other than Sweet Caroline, which I think is an abomination I, yeah, in the eighth is. inning, I just can't stand that they do that. But uh, the the Yankees suck chance that, we're happening at Fenway and then even happened tonight. It's like, what are we doing? We've won four world series now this century. They've won one. Why, why are we even letting the Yankees even think we're thinking about them at this point? We've transcended them. The Yankees. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shots fired. We, I like shots it. fired. Four world series to one this century. Congrats. You were better in the 20th century. I'm about <laughs> now. So it's 2018, 18 years in the 21st century. You've won one world series. The By the way, the best part of the game tonight, it was so good. I don't even know if you, did you pick it up at some point when the Dodger fans were defeated and they were defeated early on, but in the eighth inning, yeah, everybody in the stadium was cheering Yankees suck. Did you pick that up? I just brought that up to you. You did? I'm yeah, sorry. That's what I was talking about. What are you talking about? I was oh, just really? saying how oh, I hated okay. the Yankees suck shit. Oh, the Yankees suck shit. Okay. Yeah. That was great though. You hated that? Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> I like, I thought it was like Rocky four. It was like, everybody came together at the end. Like, okay, we have, we have a common enemy and uh, nah. a common love for, for the fellow man. I don't, I thought my point was that I don't, why are we thinking about the Yankees? Oh, I got They're you. in the okay, rearview mirror sorry. now. I got you. It's well, great. that was Dodger fans that started that, I think, but I just thought it was pretty funny. No, I, that was done by them. <laughs> I, I do think the Dodgers have not gotten their fair share of credit for now being a tortured franchise. I think th- since Gibson, they even brought out Gibson yesterday. They brought right. him and Eck out. Today they had Bird and Magic. They're, they're grasping on these straws. And the reality is... Hershey's it throughout the first pitch, right? 
Yeah, Hershiser. They 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 played every card they could play. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they've just had bad luck and bad breaks and things go wrong and players not coming through. The Kershaw thing. Actually, let's take a yeah. quick break and then talk about Kershaw. Let's take a break to talk about G Suite, a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slide, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the outputs you you create. Hence, their new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know, when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled Final and No Clue, which is the latest, well, you make another version, name that one Final Final, right? Well, G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, Slides, let you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of a project. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. This is something that I use at The Ringer. I wish I had been using... um, the docs, the, the Google docs for way longer than I actually did. It was only the last couple of years. Stupid me. Anyway, to find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That is gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. The Kershaw thing, you know, we don't need to go over like how, how, how uh, kind of pedestrian he's been in the postseason. What was weird to me was I wasn't afraid of going against him at all when he was going against my team. I felt like we could hit him. And this is a guy who's the best pitcher of this generation. And yet, yeah. like in the in the Astro series last round, it's like, oh shit, we got to go against Verlander. God, I hope we can get like two runs. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in, in the deciding game, they hit a homer that barely got out. Got four runs right. on him. It felt like a freaking miracle. We got four runs on Verlander. And Kershaw, it's like, oh, we should be able to get four runs on that dude. Uh, you didn't even pitch Sale against him today. Like, you could have pitched Sale. It wasn't a, you know, well, I guess being up 3-1, you didn't have to. But what was it? Nine, what did he give up? Nine runs in 11 innings against the Red Sox? And, and some shots. Just never seemed comfortable. Doesn't seem like the fans trusted him. It's really bizarre. I don't remember another... You know, I've been following baseball now for four and a half decades. I don't remember another situation quite like this. I don't either. Somebody and he might who's be done this with good? Dodgers, and he's the one who mentioned that he has three days to decide. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking he, he, he is going to decide to leave. Is that true? Yeah, he could just he like be a, a free agent. His option is something. His option, uh, his option sets him free in three days. I think if he wants. Holy shit. Might be time for a change of scenery for him. I don't think the Dodger fans have a lot of confidence in him either in the postseason. I didn't feel it in the no. stands tonight. Hmm. He'll go to Boston. You know, Evaldi will go to the Dodgers. That'll I'll tell you fun. one thing that is almost guaranteed to happen. I hesitate to bring this up. Machado's going Machado. to the Mets. He's such a Met. He is the ultimate Met. It just makes oh, yeah. so much sense. Right? Is he a Met or is he a Yankee? Because I could see him going to the Yankees no, and he's killing the Dodgers again that next year. No, he's he's a, he's a Met. He's going to be in your yeah. team. It's going to happen. He's he he will he will the fans will love him for two months and then be bitching about him by mid June yeah. and then by August he'll be being booed and he'll be on the hook for like three hundred thirty million dollars. That's going to happen. Right, but do you think he would have made like three hundred sixty million before the before this, the this month? Because I think I think it went down a little bit. His, his stock. 
wasn't or does it even matter? Wasn't great for him. No, I think it does matter a little bit. I don't think it matters a lot, but it would have been. I think it would have. I think it would have helped his stock if he had done really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. on the Boston thing, your cousin, your cousin was there sitting next to Matt Damon. Yeah, wearing a a Dodger Dodger shirt. Damon was wearing a red thing. They were with I'm with stupid with arrows pointed to each other. Right. Um, Funny. The, your, Jimmy's father, mm-hmm. your uncle. Just drove him home. Yeah. His um, birthday tonight. Happy birthday, Uncle Jimmy. Kind of sad. It was the one thing that made me feel bad. It was his birthday. The Dodgers got knocked out. Lifelong Dodger fan. Brooklyn Lifelong Dodger, Dodger fan. fan. It's a, he moved to LA. They moved to LA. Yeah. Yeah. He had the Gibson homer, at least. What a great moment that was. The Gibson homer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got that. <laughs> it's a long time ago. It is 30 years ago. Clayton Kershaw's 30. I think that happened like right when he was born. I know. I went, that that guy Bueller really reminded me of Saberhagen. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I found Saberhagen from like the 85 World Series and posted a clip. And mm-hmm. then I was thinking like, God, the 85 World Series, that was like forever ago. 30, yeah. <laughs> 33 years ago. Like, <laughs> That Kyle was eight minus eight years away from being born. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, you think like get the Gibson homers, just a long time. Well, yeah, Dodger fans, uh, they were very nice. I was, I was definitely worried. My son in Game Four, um, when we took the lead, was definitely kind of taking it a couple steps too far mm-hmm. with the cheering and the clapping, and uh, I was really envisioning the first situation where we just both got our asses kicked. I actually would like, would have liked his chances if we were in a fight versus mine. I think he would have done a better job. I just think he's a better <laughs> fighter. He yeah, done some wrestling he moves. He did in the it, it's a weird thing where fans become more dangerous when their team is winning when they're, yeah. than when they're losing. Like when they're losing, they're almost dejected and they're like, I don't want to fight. You know, like obviously there are some obviously in, uh, incidents where I'm, completely off base on this, but I think generally Dodger fans will not go at it with you if they're losing. Yeah. Well, they, they they were sad and angry, which is an emotion I recognize from pre 2004, you know, Jeff Mm -hmm. definitely. And they have an element. There's a certain part of the fan base that just has that kind of, I'm ready to punch somebody look, which, you know, is what I grew up with in Massachusetts and it's still a little bit there, but they, you know, there's been a lot of success, but all right, well, we agree that Yankees suck, and now we can move on to football. <laughs> the Yankees do suck. Wait, can you give me the quick gambling from the World Series? Steve Pierce probably not even on the board as MVP. I didn't see him on the board. It's funny because uh, my friend Harry gave out Price at, at 22 to 1 on the pile. Amer- uh, America's got <laughs> against all odds. And I thought for sure that was going to be the winner. But uh, we had Mookie Betts. What was his odds? I mean, Mookie, all he had to do was have a half-decent series. He would have won. He's right. plus seven fifty. Game, game three killed him and everybody else. Right? Yeah, he really did. But our friend Daniel was the big winner. If you need to borrow money, uh, Daniel Kelson has a lot of it. He bet a lot on the Red Sox to win the American League and to win the World Series, and then um, doubled up on it. And like and when they were like five games out at the All Star break, or whatever they were. So congratulations, Daniel. I mean, when you again, you think about pre two thousand four, Daniel. He's like a like a bookie's best friend, like the idiot yeah. who bets on the Red Sox to win the World Series every year. He just just take his money, and now he's got four and fifteen. It's pretty good, right? 
four and fifteen. Eleven. What is it? Eleven Boston titles in how many years? And yeah, it's eleven. Stretch. My uh, my buddy Sully, who I went to games one and two with, his son Aiden, who just led a dramatic Sitchard High comeback last second. Sitchard High in the playoffs, Sal. You'll like this. Down seven on their own three. He leads him down the field, throws a touchdown, 20 seconds left. They go for two against Dennis mm-hmm. Yarmouth. Two-point conversion running by my, my buddy Sully's son. And they advance nice. to the next round. Ballsy call, though. High school football going for two for the win. But I like that. So his son is a senior in high school, and he has been alive for 11 Boston titles. Oh, since, my God. Since he was – so he's, he's 18, so he was born – what year is that? So he's born in 2000. Yeah. Two years later, the Pats win. And from that point on, he's 11, he's 11 titles. He's no recollection of any sadness at all. It's really yeah. incredible. Well, what, that, of course he should go for two. Everything works out <laughs> yeah, Why not? Yeah. Go, next- go for two every time. Don't ever punt. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I want I want to have a podcast where you get a 17 year old Boston fan and a 79 year old Boston fan, and they just talk about Boston sports. <laughs> Maybe it's my dad and Sully's son who just talking about uh, talking, yeah. trying to come to grips with the new reality. Uh, football, I did not watch a lot of it today because I also had my daughter had her biggest soccer game of the of the season, which she also won. It was a good sports day for me, so. Nice. And uh, I was in San Juan Capistrano, so I was driving back listening to Rams Packers. I did not see a lot of the first game. Nephew Kyle said Chiefs Broncos was the entertaining early game. Did you watch that one? Very good. Um, it looked, they would not go away. Those, those Broncos and mm. the chiefs did something uh, bizarre. They didn't score on their first drive. What? And so they, op- yeah. So they opened the door for Denver and, and uh, Chase Keenum was good. He's hitting receivers left and right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mahomes was, uh, you know, still Mahomes, like four inter- four touchdowns, one interception. But um, yeah, pretty good performance by Denver, who covered covered the spread. So that kills the Chiefs' streak. This isn't a conversation about uh, f- fantasy football as much as a conversation about the funny email thread that we had about fantasy football. Oh, it was good. It was funny and it was violent and it was it was a lot of things. There was yeah. mean spiritedness. Lines were crossed. We had this controversial trade in our league where where the a, a winless team gave up Todd Gurley and got a bunch of people back, two of whom immediately got hurt. And David Johnson, David Tony Johnson, Michelle. Sony Michelle, Marshawn Lynch, who played, who yeah. ate like one skittle and then was out on IR after that. That was it. Yeah. So everybody was mad about that, and it was me and Hench just furious that that now we had to contend against this team, Todd Gurley. We covered this in last week's pod. What we didn't cover was it started a sub thing. Somehow you got dragged into it because you traded Pat Mahomes for Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon. Right. With the case of the people who stole Todd Gurley, Jamie Agin and Tall John, the crooks. But the, 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 let, let me just defend myself as much as I can here because obviously that didn't work out for me either because it doesn't look like Fournette is uh, interested in playing uh, tackle football this year. That's a problem. But, uh, I wanted to mix it up. I had Matt Ryan on the bench. Everyone loved Mahomes, 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 but Mahomes cost me two games by having Matt Ryan on the bench. A and B, I traded with another winless team or a team who was right. one and five. I didn't trade with the first or second place team. So the strong part of their case, though, is that you traded Pat Mahomes for Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon. 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That is that, that is was true. that was a solid point that that was a bad trade. But let me explain something to you. And you keep throwing this out. You're like, I want, I got Tom Brady, I got Jared Goff. Like, yeah, quarterbacks don't matter that much. They really uh, don't. Like, my, uh, Mitch Trubisky's sixth in in any fantasy league in the, in, the, in the rankings of quarterbacks. So everyone gets too crazy about quarterbacks. Well, I would argue they do matter because right now I'm beating you 89 points to 66. <laughs> I got. 29.45 points from Jared Goff and you got 15.8 from Eli Manning, which is no almost, the, almost the entirety of my lead. You started Eli Manning. The I, Giants I, I, don't want to start do? Eli I, Manning. You started Eli Manning in a fantasy league. Who off the bench? Oh, I don't care. We uh, just anybody. talk 30 minutes baseball. We're going to talk fantasy now. No, but <laughs> I just, you started Eli Manning. It's like you're tanking. What do you go for a first round pick? Yeah, I want to pay the loser pays for the banquet at Shakey's. I want you to just pay. want to pay? Did you make a deal with Shakey's? I need to pay, yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. going to start Eli Manning, why not start like Keanu Reeves? All right. Well, I didn't see him on the waiver wire. I thought that would inspire a lot of emails if I picked up Keanu Reeves. Eli Manning. You have to be the only person who started Eli Manning. Kyle, do you know it's a one quarterback lead? Can you think of any other lead that anyone started Eli Manning? No, no, I really can't. Eli Manning, as far as fantasy goes, at 316 passing yards and two touchdowns. What? What? That's that's fine. He wasn't bad today. He didn't look bad. 15 point eight for a week. He had two paints. That's what they call it yeah, on the CBS site. Paints. Yeah. P A I N T. Do you think we say this every year? I think the a pick six should be a minus six, or at least yeah, a minus I, four. I mind that. Minus that four would be fun. great, right? I had I was I was following it on my on my phone on the way home from San Juan Capistrano. Mm. Jared Goff got two points for the two point conversion pass. We really yeah. we're just keep we fuck up fantasy in all these different ways. He gets four points for a touchdown and two points for a two yard two point conversion. How does that make sense? I think we changed that. Then it used to be one. It used to be zero, and then we had a one, and now now it's two. I think it's I two. I don't know. That I don't care. Dumb. I'm freaking, I'm going to be zero and eight. I really don't care. Listen. You're, the fact that you're 0-8 in fantasy is, now that my team won the World Series, is my number one favorite sports subplot right All now. All right, good. good. I'm you're only five away that. from 0-13. It's unbelievable. <laughs> if I go 0-13 with Matt Ryan, Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Edelman, Adams, and Baldwin, and Gronk, and Gronk as a tight end, I don't Dan know, I'm Gronk. never playing again. Gronk, who just, uh, I guess, isn't going to play anymore. Yeah, that's it. Did you see yeah, the Pats, the, the Pats Glazer reported today? They were looking to trade for a receiver. Like, well, why? Like they, a mar- they want to find like a lead receiver. He said they're, tr- they're shopping high draft picks for like a Demarius Thomas type. Wow. Interesting. It they must me, be really spooked by the Chiefs and their offense. Well, it made me wonder if they, if, if the Josh Gordon Cinderella clock is about to hit midnight. Oh, come on. I'll tell you what, that guy will make a great catch or a productive catch, and then he'll 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 stay down for a while. Like you think he's heard every play, Josh Gordon, right? Yeah, there was a disturbing my dad was telling me um he had a big play last week. It was like a 45 yard run and catch or catch and uh-huh. run. And he slowed down at the end as he went through the end zone. It seemed like he was hurt, but he wasn't hurt. And somebody asked him after, and and Josh Gordon said that he was winded. The yeah. actual quote. Yeah. He's a professional. He never athlete. gets to celebrate his receptions because he's either winded or the trainer has to tend to him. I would understand, like, if I'm with nephew Kyle at the dark room at two in the morning and the place gets raided and we run two blocks and Kyle's like heaving, he's like, I'm winded. 
because yeah. he smoked 12 Marlboro Reds or whatever he did. Josh right. Gordon's a number one receiver who's his job is to stay in shape. He was winded because he ran 40 yards. Right, right. Not right. a good sign for us, though. So. <laughs> Just that. <No. laughs> I still He'll think I'm, I have a chance to be on the right side of history with my Josh Gordon is going to let down his next team thing. Josh but, Gordon's the next David Price. You'll see. <laughs> He's going to light, light the world on God, that. I hope so. Yes. Uh, let's take one more break and we'll run, we'll rip right. through the uh, guest alliance. Let's take a break to talk about my best friends at FrameBridge. These are my best friends in the whole world. To make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints to the travel photos on your phone, go to FrameBridge.com, upload your photo or mail in physical pieces using their safe packaging. Preview your item online in any frame style. Choose your favorite. Get free recommendations from their designers. So talented. And their expert team will custom frame your item delivering the finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Prices start at $39, all shipping free. My listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code BS. If you follow me on Instagram, you have seen all of the beautiful frame photos in my office. And the guests come in, they just rave. Just recently, Damien Chazelle was in here. He was raving about the photos. Jonah Hill. I mean, it's all Framebridge. They make them look nice. Get started today. Upgrade your walls for the holidays or get an early start in your gift list. Go to framebridge.com. Use promo code BS. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Go to framebridge.com. Promo code BS. Shout out to uh, my friend, Hench, your friend, my friend, for just some of the craziest texts he's ever sent on Friday night during the 18 inning game. <laughs> this is just during game three. Um he he said the Kinsler throw is more absurd than the more absurd than the tire than the Tyree catch. <laughs> uh, well, both of those didn't work out for you. I'm surprised you'd say that. Uh, a spectacular choke. That throw is 35 feet off target. Jesus, I'm so fucking bummed right now. Cora came undone tonight. Um if this plane crash ends with us losing the series, this loss will supplant game six and eighty-six. Oh, come on. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, Hans should be the first one to admit this is part of his process. He goes, Yeah, right. Then, um, then as Evaldi's trying to get through like his fifth inning, he said, I feel like I'm in a clockwork orange, eyes pinned open, being tortured. <laughs> <laughs> that Evaldi's agent should be strangling Cora right now. Uh, he should have to apologize to all these unsung heroes, including Tom Brady, who he, every first quarter, every first drive, when he throws one into the dirt, like uh, Hench is calling for his head. But, this, but Shameful. Hey, here's the thing. This is part of Hench's process. Yeah. All right. Um, this is what he well, does. Why do we have to listen? <laughs> You're right. Let's do guess the lens. Uh, <laughs> I love you. We could talk about... Um, we could talk about the games that happened today as we talk about some of these games. Okay, Thursday night, a game that probably looked a lot better two months ago than it does right now. The 49ers are home against the Raiders. I This is a poop the Thursday night game. Old school. Just terrible. I have no interest in watching one minute of this. I do want to pat ourselves on the back, though, because we called this Gruden thing from the get-go. It's been even more delicious and magnificent than I ever imagined. I love yeah. it. It, he's so bad and he's stockpiling first round picks and now he has people in the Amari Cooper trade, which I think did that happen after our last podcast? 
Yeah, it happened after. It happened during the week. I actually thought the tide was turning a little for the Raiders. I'm like, all right, no, that was a good move. That's a good move unloading. It was a good trade. I like that trade. But everyone's like, they got five first rounders the next two years. I was like, yeah, but John Gruden's the one picking them. It's but he's kind of like, and I didn't think coaches were allowed to do this. It's kind of like when a college coach, like Chip Kelly, gets brains at UCLA, and he's like, well, this isn't my team. I didn't. I didn't recruit this team. So yeah, we're going to yeah. lose a bunch of games in this first year. But my team's in three years. You know, it's kind of what he's doing, and he's for the most part, I think, getting away with it. Yeah, I guess you can do it when you have a ten-year contract. I just right. there's no evidence at all that he knows what he's doing. I mean, none. Right, right. There's zero evidence. He's been out of football for twelve years. This is why we put a lot of money shorting the Raiders before the season, yeah. and uh, and it seems like they are very focused on the first pick. 49ers, I have them favored by three. Yeah, you're gonna you got this. I don't know why. I had uh I had them by only one, but I guess they are a full field goal, even though the miserable loss at Arizona. I didn't see a lot of it, but I guess you do make them a field goal favorite there. It is three. I don't have a feel for either of those teams because I no. try not to watch it. Yeah, and like you said, this is the third clunker in a world in a row for Thursday night game. And we should point out that there are six buys this week. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Arizona, Giants, and Philly. So not really gonna miss any of those teams. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Indy's Indy's surprising. But Indy's we took fun. Indy at twenty to one. Yeah. Down to twelve to one to win mm. the division. Well and then with Houston, Will Fuller got hurt again. He's out for the year. Yeah. And I thought uh now that now you could just double team Hopkins everywhere and you know, do but Indy's scoring. Their defense Indy's might scoring. not be great from week to week, but they're figuring it out with Marlon Mack and Eric Ebron, and you know. Well, this was our case when when we went through this, which was what last week or two weeks ago. We bet. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah, we bet on them twenty one because it was a mm-hmm. deceiving one, and they were one and four, but it was deceiving because that that having that Thursday night Pats game was just bad luck. You know, mm-hmm. they were really banged up. They were in the other games. They almost beat the Eagles. Yep. I just, at least they can move the ball, you know, which yep. in this game, that's all that matters. Sunday marquee. I don't mind them. Saints Rams in New Orleans. Mm. I, uh, I listened to uh, GM Street, Lombardi and Tate on Friday, and Lombardi was really selling the Saints. And I, I agree with him. I, I think, I think the Saints are, are a legit Super Bowl contender. And I think I would have them. Probably 2B. I'd have Chiefs 2A, them 2B. Rams 1, Chiefs 2A, Saints 2B right now as my top three. I would not even put the Saints 3. I think they're really good. I did not see the game tonight because we're at Dodger Stadium, but I did wager on the Saints. I believe in the Saints. And Mm -hmm. I think this is this could be the week that it ends for the Rams. I had the Saints by two at home against the undefeated Rams. I had the Saints... I had the Rams by two, and it's Rams by one, so I'm oh. uh, I'm closer there. Yeah. Wow the the rarely seen road team favored by one. That doesn't well, the, happen. I mean, it's a rarely seen uh, undefeated team in in November is what it is, right? Yeah. I like I the think, Saints. I think. I think the Rams have. I think you can throw in the Rams. I think that we're mm-hmm. we're starting to learn that what happened in that Packers. You know, I think they just give up big plays. And uh, I think the Saints are going to be able to get them. Now, maybe the Rams can outscore them. 
The Rams they got found, lucky today. They did. They were down. They were they were up ten nothing, and that safety killed them. That safety killed the Packers. It made it ten two, and then the Rams got it back, and then they were right in the game at halftime. Right. And then to not have to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with two minutes left, Montgomery takes it out of the end zone, and uh, and fumbles it, and you don't you don't even give Aaron Rodgers a shot there. They, they were very lucky to uh, walk away with that from a win. But well, I'll say this about the Saints. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna just gonna say, but the series before that, I thought was the key one because the Packers had the ball, the chance to put the game away. Yeah. And Donald got that. It was third and six. I was listening to mm-hmm. the radio as I was going one mile an hour on my way to Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. and uh, and Donald sacked Rogers. They got the ball back, and that led to them getting the field goal that put them up, and then. You know, of course, it was bound to happen. I finally lost money in the Rams. Had a tease yeah. from last week. Teased the Rams down to two and a half. They're up two. They get the key fumble. Run out the clock time or kick a field goal. Either or. Gurley breaks through on third down. Going toward the end zone. Oh, he's falling down. What a smart move by Todd Gurley. What a smart move. He's clinched the game. It's like, no. It's not a smart move. I just lost money because Todd Gurley didn't run in the end zone. What are you doing, Todd Gurley? <laughs> So yeah, well, that I was want to talk uh, not about great. This, but I wish we had a, a sponsored segment where I could I could kind of fit this in uh, generically. Which leads us to our buddies at Crown Royal. They're doing something pretty cool this football season. They launched a responsible drinking program called the Water Break. It's all about encouraging people to hydrate between drinks for a better experience, whether at the game, watching at home, or in the bar. Have a great time. Enjoy some Crown. Just don't be that person that ruins it for everyone. We've all seen that guy who drank too much watching the game. Make the right call. Take a water break. So who made the right call this week? All right, Sal. After Todd Gurley cost me money, make the case for him. Here's the case. He made the right call. You go down. How many missed extra points have we seen in this year? This year? So they're up two. He scores. They go up eight. God forbid uh, Greg DeLeg misses the extra point. Now you have uh, Aaron Rodgers has over a minute or around a minute to score. He did the right thing. He was unselfish, and this is coming from a guy. Forget my fantasy woes continue because I did a uh, I did a daily fantasy game head to head with a buddy. I lost one twenty one point six to one twenty one, and I had Todd Gurley. But I still think him going down was the right move. Um, hey, listen, all you fantasy people, he's given you enough this year. Everyone who had the Rams minus nine or whatever, you didn't deserve to win, and everybody who had the over, you didn't deserve to win either. So. Good for you, Todd Girl. You took a knee. You were unselfish. I didn't appreciate any of that. <laughs> I know you're right. I know it's the right move. The whole point is to win the football game. Yeah. By falling down, the game is now over. The Rams have won. It was a great move. Now, the counter is they're trying to break the TD record with Todd Gurley. Right. And they are a step on the gas pedal, shove it down your throat, cut your throat kind of team. And that did not feel very Rams-ish. I wonder if McVay is going to find Gurley later today. Well, he might have screwed himself too because he's going to approach 30 touchdowns. And then if he does, he's going to have to be considered for MVP along with Drew Brees, who somehow only had 120 yards passing today, uh, even though his team scored 30. And, uh, and of course, Pat Mahomes. So maybe Gurley did screw himself in that regard. If he ends up with like 29 touchdowns and it's not seen as favorable, he's 30, but um, still the right move. All right, my right call of the week goes to the New York football giants. They keep throwing Eli Manning out there, who just isn't a starting quarterback anymore and shouldn't be. And 
can only throw certain types of passes. Kyle claims he was okay today. Yeah, he's better to watch. Better he's to better, watch. He's better to watch. Was he? Did he look like a starting quarterback? Yeah, he looked like a guy who was trying not to go down. Okay. Well, my theory on this is, you know, the Boston sports teams have had a lot of success this century. Eli yeah. got the better of us twice. And whether he is a Hall of Fame quarterback or not, I don't know. I would say he's not. But he did go 8-0 during those two Super Bowl runs. He beat a 16-0, 18-0 Patriot team. He won playoff games in Lambeau and Candlestick and developed this reputation as this clutch guy. And now you've watched his career just fall apart these last three or four years. And every time he's terrible in a game, the Boston sports fans look at each other and we go, how the fuck did we lose two Super Bowls to Eli Manning? How? Yeah, How did that happen? Better. How right. did that happen? Why did that happen? How did this guy beat us twice? So every week they leave him out there. So it's that little, like, little shank in the souls of the Boston sports fans. So it's a great right. call. The Giants don't have a lot to play for right now. They have Saquon Barkley and, and they stick it to the Boston fans. And that's really all they have. So congratulations yeah. to them. Crown Royal reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and hydrate <laughs> responsibly. All right. So say, I screwed up. I said Manning had two touchdowns. He only had one and it was with no Kyle it was with like no time, time left. Right. It was at the very end of the game. Oh, congrats. It was, congrats. Yeah. It was great. It was good yeah, for your fantasy sucks. team. It was good I'm for you it. and the person in San Quentin, who was the other guy in America who started to do that man in this week. He's in a 20. He's in a 20 team league. The guy in San Quentin. It's hard, much harder to find a quarterback. It's 20 inmates. It's all everybody in the block. So he ended up with Eli. There's some bias. Do we Saints Rams? Do we like the Saints or am I crazy? I don't know. I have to think about this a little more. I think that now everybody's going to be, you know, romantic. Oh, are they? Oh, they, yeah, yeah. This the is the week they lose. It. Okay. Right. I mean, we we said we're going with the Rams every week until they they lose a game. But we were right. on the wrong side of minus two and a half on a teaser. But I don't know if I'm ready to ditch it. That yet. hurt my feelings. Yeah. Shit. Next good. time, I'm just doing the seven point tease, taking it to two. All right, three yeah. watchable games next week. Three somehow, and these probably aren't 100% watchable, but fine. Chiefs, Browns. I think the Chiefs are just in the watchables every week. They just make it work. Yeah. It's in Cleveland. I, I don't know if anyone's happy with Baker Mayfield's rookie season. Can we just throw that out there? I think he's in the, the bottom three now for a QB rating as a starter. Yeah, there's something to be said for sitting for a year and watching football and doing what Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. did, I think. But he, uh, I took, I, I didn't bet on the Browns, but I did pick them in the picks pool. I thought they'd yeah. put up a better fight, but it just seems like they have a lot of trouble moving the ball. And I, I don't know whether it's the coaching staff's fault or whatever the hell's going on. They were talking about the ringer slack today, and it seems half the people think Baker might not just be ready yet, and the other half are saying it's. How could any rookie quarterback do it with the team he's on and jackass coaches and all that stuff? I'm not a big fan of everybody saying, well, now there's tape on this guy. But if if you're ever going to make a case for that, now that there's tape on this guy, that, that seems like that's what's going on here. His yeah. second month, not as strong as the first. This Chiefs-Browns game, it does feel like has some 52 to 10 potential. And everybody mm-hmm. going, oh, man, maybe they rush Baker Mayfield. I have the Chiefs favored by seven in Cleveland. 
You went a little light there. I said nine, and it's eight and a half. Now, here's what you're going to hear all week. Uh, Texas Tech played Oklahoma, I think, three years ago. Two or three years ago. And these guys each put up like 600 yards. Baker and Mahomes. Oh, I, so you're gonna, I, even I know about that game. Yeah. I'm yawning yeah, now because it's 1130 at night. Sorry, it. sorry, Adi. It's... <laughs> Uh, you're gonna see highlight. You're 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 yawning at 600 yard games already. But yeah, you'll see a lot of highlights. <laughs> yawning. That's my first yawn ever on a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever taped the podcast this late. Uh, Ravens. Uh, Ravens are home for the Steelers. The only thing we know for sure is the injury cart and the blue tent will be prominently involved. I have the yeah. Ravens favored by three, and I just want to say that I never believed in this Ravens team, and now they are uh, four and four, and I feel vindicated. Well, you're you're spot on with the spread. I said two, and it is it is three. So, man, I don't know how you make a case for either of these teams. This is such a mess. This game, it's a bad one. Let's not bet on this. Let's make a pact. The other watchables. By the way, if the Ravens lose, this is kind of the season for the Ravens, right? Mm-hmm. They lose this. They're four and five. Is that the first loss against Pittsburgh? Four and five is bad, yeah. Four and five? Did Pittsburgh beat them already? I want to say they did. They did, right? And they yeah. beat them at home? Yeah. That's, I think they're It's pretty unrecoverable. I don't see any team with Joe Flacco going six and one or whatever down the stretch. Yeah, Ravens beat Pittsburgh yeah. uh, 26 to 14. The Ravens, the Ravens beat, beat Pittsburgh? Yeah. Oh, so it's not. So four and five All is right, not yeah. that day then. Well, we are tired. Charge yeah, 26-14. Yeah, they beat him up. I watched that game too, but that's, look, it's 11-30 night. What do you think of that, though? I mean, that's, let's say the Ravens do grab the fifth seed. That's a fun wild card game. Ravens at Texans. That's a good one. And I was thinking, what would the other one be? Um, I don't. I do. If you had, Why no, you know Texans what it would be? It would fun. be Chargers at Texans, which would be great. And it would Why? be. You don't think that'd be great? I think the Bengals are way more fun than the Texans. And then Bengals at Steelers would be the 6-3. That's maybe. a fun one. Yeah, that's a good wild card weekend, though. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you left out our team, the Colts. Oh, yeah. They're the 7 Andrew seed. Luck, oh, you left me out. <laughs> Chargers, Seahawks. Chargers in Seattle. Seattle is the team this year that I just is sticking it to me. I lost mm. money on them today. I had Detroit. I got excited that they picked up snacks. I like Detroit in general. I like the receivers. I thought they'd be able to throw the ball, and they just laid a nice little stink bomb for me. Now they're hosting the Chargers. I'm, I'm sorry, the Seahawks are hosting the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I have the Chargers favorite, Sal. I think the Chargers are like the fifth best team in the league. I have them two and a half point favorites in Seattle. That's exactly what I had them at. And uh, you're going to be surprised to learn the Seahawks are favored by one. Mm. Okay. I know I'm going to do the dumb thing here and take the Chargers after a bye. I do like them in this spot. Have Have we been Anthony Lind yet this year? I'm going to use that as a verb. No, we could have been with the Titans if if uh, if Vrabel like if he had had oh, yeah, that two yeah. point conversion, we yeah. would have been. That would have been our day. Yeah. At some point, the Anthony Lind field goal kicker combo is going to cost us money. It's just a question. Of yeah, it's we. bad. The barely watchables. Minnesota is home. Playing the aforementioned Lions, I have the Vikings by six and a half. No, you got that exactly right. I said four and a half. I don't, I don't know why I went so light on that. Don't let me tease this. Let me, let me steer me toward the Lions money line. Yeah, I'm with you. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really bad betting for or against the Lions, and this seems like the time they bounce back. Although I would like it more if uh, if Minnesota had lost this week or had they won this week. Falcons, Redskins, Falcons in Washington. Mm. I have the Falcons favored by one and a half. Mm. I said Washington by one. Washington is favored by two. Hmm. Five and two Redskins. That's stupid. That's not going to, that's not continuing. You, you like the Eagles over the Redskins? We should look uh, for. I don't like anybody in that division. Can we have a fifth team in the NFC East? I don't like the, my four choices. Can we add a fifth team there? I still feel like the Eagles are going to be there. That's what I do. Yeah, I do. I think that they'll, They'll get a little healthier. They'll find some weird random dude on a practice squad who's all of a sudden an electric receiver. Something stupid will happen. They looked okay. And the Jags are normally unbeatable, invincible in London. I know. What they happens won. with Sir Blake Bortles now? Now, now he's got nothing left. It's Can over. you go further east? Where, what, is there a country? There's got to be a country, right? Is it Ireland? Right? For Mexico Brussels City? Spain? Spain yeah, further east? Go Spain. I think it's over for Bortles. That's it. I, I felt went, bad for him. He used his legs. He ran for a couple first downs. It wasn't yeah. all his fault today. I stand by the London games. I think they're fantastic. I love waking up it's again great today. Waking up at six thirty. Um, it's just great. We talk about it every week. We just love it. But you and I yeah. have gambling problems. There's now fourteen. It's now hour fourteen for us on football. <laughs> Panthers, Bucks, <laughs> in Carolina. I'm guessing Ryan Fitzpatrick next week and Jameis is just going to become the face of the XFL. It's his destiny. Yeah. Just lock that in. He'll get XFL tattooed on his neck and he'll be ready to go. <laughs> Panthers, um, we talked about before the year how ridiculous it was that Cam Newton, his MVP odds were what, 35 to 1, 32 to 1? Right. And we were like, why, why is he 35 to 1 and... Jimmy Garoppolo, 16-1, all this stuff. I think Cam's in the MVP race now. We didn't do anything about that, right? No, wow. we did nothing. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's going to be mentioned. I wonder what those odds, well, we'll have to report back about those odds, but they, they're probably still in the 20 to range, 20 to 1 range. Yeah. Guess what? Cam Newton's good at football, and nobody nobody wants to give him credit because we feel, it's like a Russell Westbrook thing a little bit where he he the narrative of, oh, look at Cam Newton, here he is, and then there's a backlash, and now... He's probably better than we think he is. Westbrook is He's exactly, playing at a different level. Yeah. And he, he ate up. He swallowed up that Ravens defense, which is, you know, by all accounts, the best defense. In the, the only defense that plays well, like, back-to-back weeks. So, yeah. good for you, Cam. I had the Panthers by 7.5 against the Bucks. I said 7.5 also. It's only 6.5. Nope. So, there's your teaser game. I'm scared of Fitzpatrick. That dude went Boy, right that was in my a miracle he, cover. Fitzpatrick, they were getting three and a half. He, he brought them all the way back to he, three. He was, does that, man. They tied it actually. Yeah. Last one, barely watchable. I don't even know if this is barely watchable, but the Broncos are home for the Texans. Broncos season, they probably can't lose again at this point. I think they have five mm-hmm. losses. Three and five. Yep. Yeah, it's three and six. They still have to play the Chargers. I I, I just. I don't think they run the slate. They're not going 10 and six, so they can't lose again. They're catching the Texans on a good week though. And I, Houston should not win six straight. That would be absolutely ludicrous. Just fundamentally. Four straight was 
Fourth straight was dumb. Way, way under the radar for a team. And then they won five. They beat up on Miami uh, Thursday night. Yeah. It's stupid. I have the Broncos by three. You're going to get this. I don't know why. I had Texans, I don't know, five and three versus three and five. Texans had 10 days to prepare. I thought Texans would be favored by two, but you're right. Denver is favored by two and a half. What's funny Maybe is this the, is a good spot for them. They play teams tough. They fought back. They covered against the Rams. They they should have beaten the Chiefs uh, on the Monday night game. They played them well tonight, but today, risky the, team. The advanced metrics enjoy uh, the Broncos for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, uh, I'm calling up Football Outsiders. Shout out to Aaron Schatz, old BS Report guest. So yeah, the they way- move the ball now. I think they're better with Lindsey as the featured back, and rather than trading off with Royce Freeman, that like that worked today. Yeah, though after week seven, here was DVOA: KC one, Rams two, Chargers three, Ravens four, Broncos five. Hmm. So I wish I had looked at this because I would have noticed that Seattle was ranked tenth, and Detroit yeah. was ranked twenty eighth. And somehow I bet the Lions today. So there you go, right? Fucking moron. <laughs> Next week, I'll look at DVOA. Sorry about that, Aaron Schatz. Um, yeah, we're sorry, Aaron. Yeah, sorry, Aaron. You know I respect the DVOA. The poop fecta. This is a poopy one. It's nice. It's got a loud, nice little stink to it. Dolphins home for the Jets. Mm. I had the Dolphins by three. No, you get this exactly. You're beating me up this week. I think, wait, hold on. One, three, just seven, two, three. Yeah, you're beating me. I had four. It is, uh, it is exactly three. Well, it's it's my third best win of Sunday. Just so, just so you know, the <laughs> Red Sox already right. The Red Sox win in the World Series is one. My daughter winning one nothing, staying undefeated in her league is two, and me whipping you and guess the lines is a distant third. How dare you! So I'm not, you I might rest my you, starters. Did you mention the Did you mention the fantasy dropping your your handing me? Well, I was 32 point favorites on the CBS site, so I knew I was in good shape. And then, how was that possible? They didn't then, even know that I was picking up Eli Manning yet. Then I saw Eli <laughs> Manning, and I thought you were trolling me and some like to see if I was looking. <laughs> and then you actually, all of a sudden, the game started, and he was still in there. You know what I did with this uh, league? Uh, it went under the radar. By the way, the Dolphins beat the Jets already. Yeah, uh, 20 to 12. But um, I picked up the Rams' backup running back. Do you even know who that is? Did you really? Who is that? Because I think he's going to play and all this Todd Gurley talk, but I think he's going to play weeks 15 and 16 during our playoffs. So I picked up Malcolm Brown. I spent $15 on him and I might trade him for Gurley straight up because these jerks aren't even going to get, get to use him in the playoffs. You watch. Oh, they're going to be 14 and one with nothing to play for. But we just passed a rule that nobody who's five games under 500 can trade. I didn't. Oh, I can't trade. But we did pass that rule. I must. Have I passed that. it right now. I just passed it two <laughs> minutes ago. I thought I would have heard of that. Wow! I, I passed it right now. Sunday right. night, Pats Packers. Hold on, you missed the game, but there's no line on it anyway. Chicago at Buffalo. Oh, that was a game. Yeah, but there, there's no line. I, I think because uh, uh, who was it? Josh Allen's out. Well, they don't know about Josh Allen. Is Watch that a barely it. watchable or is that a poop factor? Where would you put that one? I say barely. I still wa- like watching the Bears anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll skip that one. All right. Sunday night, Pats, Packers. Tough to know what's... I, I mean, the Pats are playing tomorrow night. They're playing the Bills. Mm-hmm. No idea 
it, it could be one of those classic Belichick, Milton Burrow whip out just enough to win the dick contest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. They definitely will not be showing a lot for this Packer game the following week because you know how much Belichick respects Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy. The one thing, I did think about this with the Rams today, having them in a tease against the Packers. It does suck to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I just don't like it. Yeah, it does. But that's why we had the teaser. We didn't want to bet the full line. I know, but that's why I lied. Yeah, Yeah. but it's just, you just don't feel good anytime he has the ball. I'm not doing it again. I know, but the Rams shouldn't put up zero with uh, three minutes left in the first half or whatever. That yeah. that should never happen. But well, the I problem is, I think with the Rams, like uh, again against a team like they were talking about this on the radar, and I agreed. Like against the Packers, you got to do no huddle and just keep their defense mm-hmm. on the field. Don't let them do all the 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 shifts, depending on what down it is, and bringing in fresh bodies. All that stuff. You just right, they like, started doing that. So I think they're in trouble with the Pats because if that's a weakness for the Packers, Brady will just stay no huddle the whole game. Mm-hmm. Pats by seven is my pick. I said seven and a half, only six. So you get that. This is, gonna, this is a tough betting week, right? I mean, we like Kansas City. If we're just picking winners, Kansas City beats Cleveland. They have to beat Cleveland. And then I don't know. You don't like Minnesota over Detroit. You don't trust Carolina over Tampa. And you don't want to, don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers anymore. I like the Panthers, but I, I, I'm afraid of Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I wonder if we're being stupid by not just betting it's Hugh Jackson the rest of the way until he gets fired. Yeah. Well, we know some people who know some people, and they're starting to get nervous that the Hugh, uh, <laughs> the comedy experiment known as Hugh Jackson, head coach of the Browns, is about to end, like for real. Oh, really? Yeah. And that'll be a sad day. Then, then you know, they might bring a new guy in who is actually decent. You know, mm. coach he's got. Well, we should try to bet on him against him one more time. Right. Pat's the, the odds of me texting at some point this week with some sort of bet I want to do that has the Pat's money line or the minus six as a tease in it. I, it's off the boards in Vegas right now. Really? Yeah. All right. Monday night, your team. The Cowboys, <laughs> the Clapper was in attendance Friday. We didn't talk about that. He was at game three. Clapper, front row, doing some clapping. I tweeted. I was like, no wonder there's an offensive drought. Look who showed up. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Garrett showed up. Nobody scored a run for 12 innings. Uh, what is he doing? The only thing I was hoping, I was like, maybe this game will last two weeks. The game three will last two weeks, and he won't be able to uh, appear on the sidelines of the Cowboys Monday night against the Titans. But it unfortunately ended. Garrett, Garrett was here to... Uh, interview for the quarterback coach job at UCLA because that's going to be his next job. <laughs> How about, I don't want to pin this on Garrett, but somebody on the coaching staff asked Amari Cooper when he first got to the Cowboys, do you know any cool plays? Can you teach us any cool plays? Did that really what happen? I didn't know that was an urban legend. What is, what? That happened? it's an urban legend? I don't know. Photo no, urban I don't care. I'm, re- I'm reporting it as fact because it, it just makes too much sense. Hold on. I want to talk about the Amari Cooper trade too. So let's take one more break. Hey, let's talk about FanDuel football season. Well underway. We are two months in almost. I do not have any regrets about the fantasy team I picked in my league where I just kicked Sal's ass this weekend, actually. But 
I do have regrets with Daily Fantasy, which I love. And as usual, I did another bad job this week. I don't know. I'm in a fan, I'm in the Daily Fantasy slump. And yet I still love playing on FanDuel all season despite my slump. Over at FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week. Regardless of the outcome, FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. Play in their gridiron pick 'em contest every week. It's a free contest. All you need to do is pick winners. No spreads. 10K is split amongst the top pickers. This is now, now baseball is behind me. I'm really going to throw myself into football over these next four months, including daily fantasy. I will have recommendations maybe if I can get my crap together. Uh, I like the single entry contests. I like the super flex lineup. Super flex is fun because you get to add one more kick-ass person. Although I think everybody just adds Todd Gurley at this point. Um, I've tried other DFS. I can never say DFS, Kyle. Why is that? What's know. wrong with me? I don't know. Keep that in. I want I want everybody to hear my stammering. I've tried other DFS sites before. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. New users get a $5 bonus when they make the first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. All right, we're back. We have uh, Cowboys-Titans, our last game. I had the Cowboys by three and a half against the Titans. It's exactly what I had. Why, why, why does Vegas have this by six? <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. Oh, uh, man. There's going to be a lot of Tennessee clapping. Tennessee had like 16 days off, right? Like, then they, uh, they had a bye after the London game. 15 days it'll be. Mike Vrabel versus Jason Garrett is probably worth 12 points for the Titans. You, they're uh, already like at 12 Vrabel. nothing. Yeah, I like Vrabel there. So... Quickly, the Amari Cooper trade. So when, I, I don't know what this is like. I haven't had, I've had really bad owners in my life. I've only had one owner who was just off the rails. It was John Y. Brown in the Celtics 40 years ago, late 70s. He um, was this Kentucky billionaire. He's married to Phyllis George. He somehow... Oh, yeah, right. He did a franchise swap. He owned the Buffalo Braves franchise swap. All of a sudden, he was Celtics owners. Red Arback was hoarding these first-round picks. He had, he had all these first-round picks. And this guy, John Y. Brown, superseded the great Red Arback and traded three first-rounders for Bob McAdoo. Mm-hmm. And Red Arback almost quit. He ended up getting two of the picks back by trading McAdoo. It led to the McHale trade. It was all fine. It's the only time I ever remember feeling helpless with an owner, like, oh my God, that guy might do anything. We we just might, he might just completely fuck us. And now that's basically your life as a cowboy fan. Like yeah, your, your right. owner is like, we're going nowhere. We have no chance to win a Super Bowl. My coach is terrible. My quarterback is eh, maybe a B minus. This is not a Super Bowl team. I'm going to give away my first round pick for a guy who I think had four one catch games out of his last 10. Mark Cooper. Well, there's a couple ways to look at this. The the first, the, the best uh, for case scenario way for the Cowboys fans to look at it is uh, Jerry Jones has had enough Jason Garrett, and he's not giving him a pass. And so he's saying, you need to win with this team, and we're giving you Amari Cooper, and so you're not going to have any excuses come uh, December or January when we renegotiate or decide to let you go. So that will be good, because you know this is not going to work out. Uh, Secondly, you could say like the Cowboys could have tr- drafted Calvin Ridley would have been a first rounder. So it would have been the same thing. But 
the way I look at it is if the Raiders are asking for a first rounder, you don't have to give them a first round. Right. Like, when have you ever nego- not negotiated anything, right? Like if someone comes at you with a fantasy trade, you're never going to accept it straight up. You're going to counter, even if you end up going with their proposal, you have to counter, right? I don't know what goes on. With unless, unless they're offering you Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon. Oh, shut the hell then up. Then you don't counter. You just, you grab that as fast as I'm possible. I'm hanging up. It's freaking midnight. <laughs> I've had enough of that talk. <laughs> well, what I didn't understand why you didn't get a pick in the trade. Yeah, Why right. wasn't it a first for Amari Cooper and a third? Mm-hmm. That, that also I wouldn't have done and would have been ridiculous, but at least like you got a pick back. Yeah. This was like, you're, this is like what worse than what the Brandon Cooks trade was. We traded Brandon I mean, Cooks for like the 20, I don't know, 28th pick in the draft. What do we get in the Rams trade, Kyle? Like 28, something like that. And this could be like the 12. The other thing, Lombardi made the point about, uh, could you lottery protect it? Make it like mm-hmm. if this picks in the top 10, we you get our second rounder instead. Right. Yeah. That, that's a lot of that goes on. Yeah. I think Jerry Jones uh, like, what do they want? So they won't bend on it. Ah, fuck it. Give it to him. No, but they I think it. the Jason, I don't know why you have to turn your franchise upside down to make excuses for Jason Garrett, but I do think that's what this is. This is, um, all right, Garrett, make your move. This is the best team we can give you. I'm trying to think how many receivers I would give up a first round pick for. I just feel like Dez would be uh, Cooper's great. He's very good. I, I think he's a nice fit in another organization. It's not going to work out for the Cowboys. I think Dez will put up the same numbers if they had signed him for nothing. You know, they wouldn't have to pay that guy to play the rest of the year. Or just trade a third for Devontae Parker and hope he stays healthy. Right. Very right. strange. I, I mean, when the news comes out that five other GMs didn't offer a first rounder, does, doesn't that make you, you know, want to secede from the union a little bit? When the Eagles offered a second. Yeah. So that make me think, oh. second is, is basically a third, right? Do you think when, when the Raiders said yes, Jerry Jones is like, we got him. <laughs> it's going to be, oh, the thing. funniest thing is if you end up going like six and 10. Yeah. And then that's like the 11th pick in the draft. That's the other thing. Cause it's just embarrassing if that pick comes back to haunt you in a profound way. It's already embarrassing. I mean, we're going to zigzag to eight and eight, luckily, but this is not a team that's putting together two wins or they can't provide any offense on the road. It's it's a flawed team. It's crazy. It would almost be like if we had a crazy guy in his seventies who ran America and just, just did whatever he wanted and just acted crazy. Imagine how, how about that? that he commented on the baseball game. I'm like, Oh, holy shit. I actually agree with him. here. <laughs> yeah, he, he liked the Dave Roberts move or he didn't like the Dave Roberts move. No, the Rich no, thing. It happens too much. Yeah. That was tough. The Red Sox fans were like, can you just stay out of this? Can you let us enjoy this? <laughs> Let's enjoy one thing. Also like the timing of that with the, with the terrible tragedy in Pittsburgh and yeah, Trump gives it like his one little quote. And then all, his next thing is he's, Complaining about Dave Roberts' managerial strategy. He's the most tone-deaf person in my life. <laughs> Family members who are his tone-deaf. He's the best. Let's do, uh, let's do a little parent corner and then wrap it up. All right. Uh, well, mine comes from tonight at the game. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting next to uh, Dickie Barrett, and I got my son there, and I have Kevin Kimmel, Jimmy's son. 
and it's the four of us. And we're behind uh, the Dodgers dugout. We're lucky enough to have nice seats. We're behind the Dodgers dugout. And Dickie is a big, big Red Sox fan. Mighty, mighty Boston's lead singer. You know, hard, hardcore Red Sox as it goes. Yeah. And the game's getting out of hand as far as a 4-1 game could be. And uh, Mookie Betts hits the home Betts hit the home run to make it 5-1, right? Yeah. He hits the home run to make it 5-1. So I thought I'll get this cool shot on my camera of Dickie celebrating in the foreground and Mookie Betts rounding second coming towards us in the background. And so Dickie stands up and his phone falls. And I don't think anything of it, but I'm scrambling to take to get my phone off lock and then start recording uh, Dickie's thing. And Dickie celebrates, drops his phone, and then grabs my phone and won't let go of it. And now we're like struggling and like people are watching us. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? And I thought this was part of his celebration. He was going to grab my phone and like throw it against the netting in front of us or something. But I'm not letting go of my phone because uh, I don't know what he's up to. And he's now he like elbows me in the eye. And uh, he's grab he's really grabbing at this phone and right at, to a point where I think Mookie Betts is like watching us fight as he's coming around second base here. And now I elbow him in the ribs and I look up and, and now he's, he, he like, he finally like get, let's go of the phone and says, will you just give me my effing phone back? I was like, it's not your phone, dude. I'm trying to record you celebrate your phones on the floor. So he, he, he thought that I stole his phone and was like doing weird things with it. So we almost had a fist fight as a result. I look over to the right and my boy, and he's definitely my boy, my 13 year old Archie is recording the whole thing, <laughs> records the whole altercation, which I want to put on. I want to try to put online, but Dickie's mad because he knows he behaved like an ass buffoon. And uh, now he's not allowing us to do it, but I'm going to get him to sign off on it. So, so there you go. There's my boy. So the same person who, Took a selfie with Damon and Affleck and put it up without asking their permission. Uh, <laughs> is now upset. Now he now he won't now he won't uh, give you permission to use this video. You're is right. that what you're telling you me? You know what, Bill? You're right. I had not even considered that side of it. Damn it, you're right. Good. I'm gonna write that down. Unbelievable. Oh man, I was Dickie like, what is Bear. going on here? Now like, like my eye is a little sore. I was like, what the hell? What a maniac this guy is. <laughs> Team one. He thought I took his phone. Um, I don't have a good parent corner this week. Really? I, yeah. I don't know how to be good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to force one. I mean, I took my son to game four, and they had the souvenir cup uh, Dodger things, right? The Do the World Series cups. It's like extra. Mm -hmm. It's a giant Coke. So mm -hmm. I got that for my son. And uh, I just got to say, like, I really feel like that's like little kid cocaine. If they're going to drink that much Coke and that's it, cause they're going to finish the souvenir cup. It's not like a little kid's going to go, I'm going to drink half of that. I shouldn't have all of it. Right. They're going to have the whole thing. So yeah. he has the whole thing and then he's hopped up from the moment, you know, he he's just crashing like before nothing. He's crashing the same way you would crash if you're like at some nightclub and you've mixed all these drugs together. And then they yeah. went back up and he's all like boisterous and crazy because he's got like 42 ounces of Coke in his system and he's clapping and I'm settling him down and he's like losing his mind during the game. And, uh, <laughs> and it was honestly like we were at a nightclub and we had just done an eight ball in the bathroom, but it was a world series souvenir cup. 
So, yeah, maybe they could do something different now that the, the the whole country is obese. Maybe maybe it's just like a souvenir straw. Like, forget about the cup; it doesn't need to. You know, you don't need to. It's bigger than some apartments in L.A. at this point. Yeah, what I was Super. thinking was there should be the souvenir cup should have some sort of gimmick with it, where it seems like it's a full soda, but it's really only like one third full, right. and the rest of it is like. Uh, it's like some weighted whatever that moves around and, and he keeps thinking he's sipping the soda, but it's just nothing. Oh, that's but, pretty good. Yeah. Put some heft to it. Yeah. Either that or make it like a, like a champagne glass kind of thing where it's just skinnier. Oh, like it gets skinny as it goes. Yeah. 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 Cause then we come home and he's, you know, he's up to like 1230 playing Fortnite Cause he's like trying to come down. It's like, what do you, <laughs> Kyle, what do you, what do you take when you need to come down at the end of the day? Sleep. <laughs> Ambien? Food. Food, usually. Food? Food. <laughs> try to get the itis and fall asleep. Uncle Corner. <laughs> That's what you do when you, you try to get the itis? Yeah, absolutely. Keep a trash What's the thing when, when people mix drugs who are like super, super uh, druggy? Like love cocaine and then they go the other way? Quaaludes, right? Quaaludes? Are yeah, people quaaludes? still getting their hands on yeah. quaaludes? <laughs> No I'm so old. I have no idea. They don't have quaaludes I think anymore? they'd be expired quaaludes, which I think the Wolf of Wall Street taught us is a no-no. Maybe that's what they should have with the souvenir cups. They should have something that also brings the kid down. Like you have the giant souvenir cup, but then it's it's uh, like Sour Patch Kids, but they're flavored in a way that uh, they they're make like the heavy kids Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, yeah they're sedated Sour, sour Patch Kids. You mix those Speaking up together. Speaking of kids doing drugs, Kyle, did you have fun at my Halloween party? I had party a fantastic yesterday? time. I had a fantastic time. It was great. Okay, Kyle has a story, actually. Kyle what? was there. Tate. Titus, Kyle has a story uh, about Ken. Oh, I, but I was going to say. Well, let me. Hear, I know. I, I know. He, he corrupted so, him. Actually, can happened. I can I just tell Kyle's story of Ken? Go ahead. I'll tell the yeah. edited version of it. Yeah. He's like Kyle tells me I met Ken. I'm like, oh, you met Ken. He's oh, like, yeah. The first time. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He, I was like, good guy, right? And he was like, yeah. He coughed on me twice. And the second time, stuff came out of his mouth and went all over my face. So that was a bummer. Yeah. Was and it Quaaludes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Quaaludes smell like that. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean he coughed on you? He's like, well, we were doing something and it ended uh, up with him coughing. And oh, debris, um, Sal. Debris. He, he coughed debris on me. And uh, so I wish Checking that prostate. What did it call? Why is he coughing? Kyle, what happened? So then Kyle goes, so I wish that hadn't happened, but good guy. <laughs> Overall, it was a good party. Overall, Wasn't a deal breaker for me. When he coughed debris on me. Other than that, good guy. So yeah, he, he got to meet Ken. I was really sad. I missed the uh, Halloween party. I thought you dressed up as a Cobra Kai guy, which I thought was magnificent. You were missed. Yeah, it was YouTube themed, and yeah, I was a Cobra Kai guy. But uh, I will say the uh, the ringer guys for the for the ladies there. You know, my cousin Mickey and uh, actually Daniel oh. getting a lot of time here. His uh, wife is like, hey, introduce me to your friends. So now I have Jimmy Kimmel Live friends. I have Lock It In Fox friends. And uh, I was like, oh, and I and I thought she pointed to the Fox people. So I go to move over to them, and they're like, no, 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 we don't want to meet them. We want to meet those guys. Points to the Ringer guy, the handsome oh, wow. guy, Tate and Titus and Kyle. I was like, oh, all right, here you go. Wow. And, yeah. Made some noise yeah. there, yeah. One shining boner. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesus. The this, so this is now they're <laughs> taking this on the road. Oh yeah. This could be dangerous. Yeah, it's going to be good. So the lock it in people were there. So you had like three different parts of your order. We had a lot of groups there. Yeah. 
Exciting. A lot of coolers. A lot of coolers. <laughs> and Ken. Yeah. You know, the sad thing, though, is that uh, in the PC era, um, you really, nobody can cross any sort of line with a Hollywood costume anymore. I won't even tell stories about some of the costumes that have happened in years past. But now those days are just gone. No, now it's like just Cobra Kai and that's as far as anyone can go. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I we had a guy uh, dress up. He uh, So it was YouTube themed. So anything you've ever seen on YouTube. And there was once a popular woman who stomped grapes. And this guy went as the grape stomping woman. And his feet were purple. And someone asked, like, oh, why do you have black feet? And he's like, no, 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 I have purple feet. They're like, oh, well, people are going to think you have black feet. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Please <laughs> leave him alone. They purple shamed him? Yeah, they purple shamed him. <laughs> the Barney supporters are coming out in full force. It's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I went my best costume ever. I went to uh <laughs> in uh an eighties party that was actually at Jason Schiff's house and mm-hmm. I dressed as Billy Hicks from St. Elmo's Fire, the Rob Lowe character. Oh nice. And it was actually the only time I've ever really put it time into a Halloween costume to really look yeah. like somebody. I was really proud of myself. Cause yeah, I was like good. always what like in college would always just go as Brandon from 9020 and just pick put fake sideburns on. I was ready to go. You've always taken Halloween a lot more seriously. I like it because it's a, it, you know, it, it parties have that first half hour to get going, but the Halloween party is nice because it, yeah. you got the costume thing. You're automatically going to talk about that. But yeah, I went as a, one, one year we had a theme of criminals and I was uh, George Michael Vick. I dressed as George <laughs> Michael and Michael That's Vick. I, I mixed them up. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, cuz yeah. plug out, lock it in. Did you win this week? Lock it in. I won. I'm the king. I've won four to five weeks. This is really getting boring. Like this Todd Furman's supposed to be an expert. I wipe the floor with him every week, just about. Uh, that's Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern. I'm also doing the pregame show with your boy Rob Stone on Saturdays on Fox. On the How have your Fox. picks been? Uh, I was one and one um, this week, so I give two. What are you going to do? Do you want to... Uh, I have all kinds okay. of photos of Rob Stone that are just not flattering for him. If you want oh, really? me to forward any oh, yeah. of those, do you want to bring oh, those yeah, into yeah. the set? Yeah, let me have all of those. I have photos of him with frosted tips. I have photo. I have photos of him passed out. Like whatever you want, I have all the Rob Stone ammunition you'd ever want. I'm gonna have to go through your catalog and, and pick some there. Because yeah, I mean, I, use I can't do much better than frosted tips. No, I know. So oh, he had a Seacrest uh, phase, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Awesome. He really did. That's awesome. And also oh. my uh my iHeart Emmy Award nominated podcast against all odds, uh Woo. this Tuesday night. Oh yeah. It's, it's when is it this Tuesday night the voting is? No, no, no. That that's just when the podcast comes out this week. Oh, that one. Oh, th- but there's yeah. voting for the awards. I've thrown yeah, all my support behind your podcast for a while. I want people to vote for your podcast. We're in well, the same listen, category. They, should. they no, should. I mean, your podcast, you get you get Barack Obama and uh, Matt Damon, and I get Harry. So, and we're no. still nominated. First of all, if you win, I feel like I win too because we're on the same team. I would Absolutely. much rather see you win. I I didn't even tweet my podcast. Yeah. I tweeted yours. We're up against each other. It's me and you and Coward and uh, what is it? Pardon my take. There's a few of us. Yeah, I want you so. to win though. 
All right. Well, thank you, buddy. I, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you, our friend Ken opened up a shell company in India where people just call all day and vote for against all odds. So if this doesn't work out, <laughs> something's wrong. And then he coughs debris all over Kyle. <laughs> 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 all right, let's do against all odds. Sal, as always, good job by you. Good job by you. Congratulations. You thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks to the cuz. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to the Ringer.com, Ringer Podcast Network, and the Big Picture, our new movie podcast hosted by Sean Fantasy. I was on it on Friday. Five of my favorite horror movies that you could stream. Thanks to FanDuel. I am excited to be playing on FanDuel this season. Get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. Outcome, They have tons of ways to play, like the Gridiron Pick'em Contest, where you just pick winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. FanDuel, clearly the place to play, even if you're not a fantasy expert for DFS. New users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. It is now 12.05. PT, we took this one past midnight, Kyle. Feels good. Feels awesome. Let's wrap this up. I'll cough some debris on you. We'll be back later in the week with uh, more BS podcasts. We have some good stuff coming, as always. Thanks for your support.